And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason, sitting at the crossroads of faith and pop culture, as Dan Dalzell and myself, Son Edom, talk about the traditions and norms of modern society that is usually driven by the powerful influences of celebrities, music, musicians, movies, actors, you know, and basically social media, all driving these traditions and norms. And, and Dan, one of the things that we're starting to get into is the holiday season for America. You know, the American holiday season, we've got Thanksgiving, Halloween, you've got uh, Christmas, you've got New Year's. And a lot of times people will utilize this time of year to start reflecting on certain things, whether it was the year that we just had, um, maybe starting to look at to uh, resolutions for the new year coming up, maybe looking to make plans with family and celebrate those uh, occasions with family people, especially now that, you know, we're kind of coming out of this two year thing and people might not have been celebrating with family in the past couple of years. And so there's a lot of positive, a lot of good things that people look forward to at this time of year. And one of those things that I guess we can also kind of put in there at this time is the good news about Jesus and it being believable. Because as we start to get into the holiday season, we want to give thanks for the things that uh, he has provided for us. And obviously Christmas, his birth, New Year offer, offer, offers up new opportunity for us. And obviously a belief in Jesus uh, gives us, and faith in God gives us new opportunities. And so uh, the good news about Jesus is believable. I thought that's something that you had also written on at the ChristianPost.com. We could delve into here on this uh, conversation. Yeah, I love this topic, Son. Thank you so much for uh, for tackling this today. It, it truly is the most important thing we could talk about. Uh, you know, the older we get, Son, and I, I turned uh, 58 here uh, this summer, um, you know, the older we get, uh, I, I think the more we recognize, you know, some of the patterns that our culture, you know, keeps cycling through. You mentioned the holiday, Son, which is a, a great example. And of course, those many times, uh, you know, are, are very enjoyable with a lot of great memories and with family and things. But then there's also the other things that, that people enjoy, whether it be the uh, the, the sports cycles that, that come around with everyone's, you know, sports that they like uh, in, in terms of the, the tournaments and um, and playoffs and everything. And, and, and then you've got, um, you know, just everything that, that goes on with a person's hobbies. Um, you know, you kind of cycle through those every year. And, and everything just kind of keeps going around and around Around, but you know, son, um, praise the Lord that uh, there is something beyond this life that is so far better and and never ending. And no pain, no disease, no sickness, because, uh, you know, in the midst of all of these cycles that, that we go through on things, there's also a lot of pain. Uh, there's a lot of personal pain for people. Um, there, there, there's there's disease, there's death, there's conflict, there's divorce, there's uh, suicide, there's war. Um, there, you know, there's politics. I mean, you know, the, the political cycles have just gotten to be nuts. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't even know if that's a cycle anymore. That That's just like a continuous thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, about the time one election wraps up, you know, uh, everything is getting geared up for the next one. And so it's nonstop. 
if we let it consume us to the point of it being a daily or, you know, a weekly uh, almost obsession. But I guess where I'm going with that, though, Son, and why I wrote the article that the good news about Jesus is believable, is in the gospel, we have something so far greater than any of these things we just mentioned. I mean, even the wonderful holiday traditions and activities and events and gatherings, that's great. You know, even a person's, you know, favorite sports teams, and my goodness, this time of year, you know, college football is really getting geared up. You know, there were a lot of people interested in that Alabama-Tennessee game, and and uh, you know, you, you've got all sorts of things. You got the you got the uh, baseball playoffs going, and and I know you're a you're a big sports guy, son, and you know you know a lot about you know these these various sports, and and uh, and have a real um, you know insight on on a lot of that. But you know, these are the cycles, aren't they? You know, the the playoffs and and uh, you know the tournaments and everything else. But I'll tell you what, what we're going to talk about today, son, and I hope for everybody listening. You know, they really, you know, buckle up and hang on here because we're going to be talking about something that so far transcends any of that because one day we're going to go to a place as believers in Jesus that is going to blow our mind and we're never going to, uh, you know, be bored, for example. Uh, you know, sometimes we get bored in life, of course, you know, or, or people don't like their job, you know. Well, there'll be none of that in heaven. Uh, nobody's going to be like bored or not liking their role in heaven or anything like that. So I'm looking forward, son, to having us dive into this topic today. And I just hope that if anybody's listening and they're not yet sure that heaven is their home, then I'll tell you, my friend, you're in for a treat today because by the time we're done, um, you're going to know how you can be sure. And definitely, as, as the title of that article said, um, you know, the good news about Jesus is believable. Yeah, the fall of the year to me is like the best because you mentioned the sports, every single sport, football, basketball, baseball, pro, college, volleyball, hockey. You know, it's all going on right now. Plus, being someone who works on a college campus and has for the last number of years, it's the start of a new year. And then it's got the, the weather changes, and I like the weather changes, and you've got the holidays and everything. So to me, it's the, the best time of year. But when you look at the sports teams – Okay, let's take Nebraska, for example, um, and you can put any team in there. People are going to be diehards about their team. They're either in it all the way, and it's of great importance to them, or it's no important at all. Like, if you're not a Nebraska fan, you probably don't care. You probably don't care what goes on because they're, you know, let's just face it, they're pretty irrelevant this year, unlike the Alabama-Tennessee game that might affect other teams, like if you're a Michigan fan or a Penn State fan or, you know, maybe a USC fan, you know, these teams winning and losing might affect how your team gets to play for the championship or not. And so sometimes there's importance, the utmost importance in in some of these things, and and, uh, sometimes there's not. But... As C.S. Lewis said, you know, Christianity, if it is false, it's of no importance. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Your team's not playing for the national championship. No big deal. Or it's of infinite importance. Either you're going to heaven, and this is a big deal, and there's no middle ground. So unlike some of these sports teams and things that we talk about, when it comes to Christianity, as C.S. Lewis said, if people just don't care, then they're just not going to care. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's going to be huge importance for these people. And I don't think there's yeah. really any middle ground. And those people that are in the middle ground area, maybe they're just trying to appease themselves from that whole, this isn't an important thing to me. So maybe I'll just touch on it a little bit so I don't feel so bad about not caring. 
Yeah, you know, I love that quote by uh, by, by C.S. Lewis on because I think it can help a person if they're not yet a believer in Jesus. I, I, I think it can help them uh, narrow down their options, you know, um, again, to tie it into sports. OK, uh, I, I, I'm thinking about uh, a woman in our church who is a huge uh, uh, college basketball fan, and I, I, I think she's got six teams that she follows so closely. And, and and so that's a lot of fun for her family. Sometimes I'll, I'll kid with her and her husband a little bit because, uh, you know, he's not necessarily, you know, glued to the TV, uh, you know, many of the times when, when she is. But, boy, she is a diehard fan of these six teams. But, you know, even with those six teams, you know, she, she, she runs into an issue, Son, when, uh, you know, several of them or more make it to the NCAA tournament because, uh, you know, heaven forbid they, you know, face off against one another. But, but where I'm going with that is um, – Sometimes when you have multiple options, it's a little bit tougher. Now, for the unbeliever, let's say there were three options. That is, Christianity is true, Christianity is false. Um, uh, I mean, so if Christianity is true, it's, it's hugely important. Uh, or as C.S. Lewis said, infinitely important. Christianity is false; it doesn't matter. Or the third option, well, it, it's it's moderately important. And so what C.S. Lewis is saying there, and he's exactly right, you can take that third option off the table. Um, if you think about it logically, even if you're not a believer, you can take that off the table. Why, why, why do we say that? Because there's no way in the world that Christianity is moderately important when it talks about an eternity in the joy and ecstasy of heaven as compared to the horror and agony and suffering in hell. Um, if that's true, that is infinitely important. Now, if it's false, then, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, but there's no way it's moderately important, uh, meaning uh, it, it can't be that. So if you're an unbeliever, um, you can either um, accept the truth of the gospel and then come to realize that it is indeed infinitely important, or you can blow it off. And one day stand before God and, and, and you'll find out at that point that um, you should have never blown it off. But 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 don't waste your time on the third option. You know, it's like what C.S. Lewis says on, an, on a, a related issue, Son. He says, um, you know, you can call uh, Jesus um, your Lord. You can call Jesus uh, a liar or you can call Jesus a lunatic. But but don't make the nonsensical um uh, statement that Jesus was just another good prophet. That is not an option on the table. Why? Because anybody who talked the way Jesus did, you'd have to be out of your mind if it's not true. Or you'd have to be lying if it's not true. Or it would, in fact, be true. So there, there are those three options. And C.S. Lewis was trying to help, you know, unbelievers take that that one option off the table that so many people, I think, cling to who aren't yet believers. Well, you know, say, well, who is Jesus? Oh, he was a good, he was a moral guy. He had some good teaching. Um, he lived a good life. But I, I don't believe that, you know, his death he really helps me any or his resurrection. If, if I even, you know, if a person doesn't even believe that. Um, so, so C.S. Lewis is helping to narrow down the options for a person. And that's what that quote does. And so I guess I would just say, Son, to any listener today, um, which of the two options, where are you at right now? Because where you're at, you know, that that's, it is what it is, right? Um, is Christianity uh, infinitely important to you? 
Do you understand what, what Jesus did on the cross when he suffered and died and took your sins and my sins? Uh, or do you think it's just all, you know, uh, just a big story that's been told and it, there's, there's no reality or truth to it. So which of those two? And, 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 and I hope that by the time we're done today, if you're in that second category where you're not yet a believer in Jesus, um, you'll come to see why millions of Christians uh, are now followers of Christ, having repented of their sin, uh, trusted Christ as Savior. Why? Because the message is believable. Now, you might say, well, no, I don't think it is believable. Well, sure it is. Millions of people have believed it. Just because you don't happen to believe it yet doesn't mean it's not believable. It doesn't mean it's unbelievable. It, it, it just in, in a sense of um, not, you know, something you can't believe. I mean, we, we, we use that term unbelievable sometimes to mean something, you know, just incredible. You know, that's unbelievable. It's so great. Well, but we're, we're you know, I'm using it the other way. Unbelievable meaning you can't believe it. It's, it's something you can't believe in. Well, Christianity is, my friend, something you can believe in. Millions of Christians are doing it right now. And if you're resisting it or you're just confused by it, um, why not just Say a little prayer right now to guide your heart. Lord, show me if this is true. Show me if the gospel is true. Show me if Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life, if he is the Son of God. If you sent him uh, uh, from heaven, Father in heaven, if you sent him uh, to be my Savior, and then he rose, he died on the cross for my sins, he rose from the dead. Um, so why not Why not pray that prayer? You know, what have you got to lose? You know, if, if there's nothing to Christianity, um, you know, as, as some Christians have said, uh, who, who know that it's true, but, but just for the sake of argument, I've heard Christians say, well, hey, if there's nothing to it, then it's helped my life uh, in the sense of, you know, uh, helping to give me some good direction in life. But but then I die and I've, I've gained, you know, lost nothing. But if if this is true and heaven and hell are real and if you're wrong and you die without Christ, convinced that you're right, but then your eyes open up on the other side of, of death, you know, a moment after you die, a few seconds after you die, you take your final heart, uh, your breath, and you say, hey, wait a minute, this is what those Christians were talking about. This is what Jesus was talking about when he talked about heaven and hell. Uh, my friend, that's what you're going to experience. You're going to experience the other side. Now, we want you, Son and I and all Christians, want you to be with us on, on, on the side where the Lord is welcoming you into heaven. You know, the Bible says Jesus is going to come with his holy angels and, and, and separate the people, you know, on his right and on his left. Um, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, you know, so, um, you don't want to be a goat on that day. You know, you, you don't want to be a goat. You want to be a sheep. And, and Jesus said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So, um, you know, you may know about Jesus. Uh, you may know some things about him, but do you know him? Um, you say, well, I, I don't know. How, how do I know him? By accepting him as your savior, by receiving him in your heart by faith. In John 1, 12, it says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So that's how you know him. You, you meet him, you, you receive him, um, and then you walk with him, then you follow him. Perfectly? No. None of us are perfect. Only Jesus. He's the only sinless one. But you meet him by receiving him. Um, uh, you know, there's a saying around Christmas time, you know, we talk about the wise men, and there's this saying, it says, wise men still seek him. And that is so true. And so if you'll seek the Lord today, if you'll open up your heart to the Lord, if you'll receive the Lord by faith, you'll meet him today. 
You mean I can meet God today as I listen to this podcast? Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely, he's right there with you. He, he, he's as close to you as your breath. He created your body. He made you three in one, body, soul, and spirit. And he wants to make your spirit come alive. Um, the Holy Spirit will do that as you repent and believe the good news. And, and maybe, son, before we're done later today, uh, you know, maybe I could just lead a little a, a little prayer whereby somebody might just say, you know, what what would I even say to God? You know, if if I want to, you know, really kind of seal the deal, you know, what would I say? And, and so hang on to that thought. I hope you're having that, my friend, because uh, before we're done today, um, I'd love to offer a little a little prayer. Uh, but, but if you don't want to wait till then, just talk to him right now. You don't have to wait for me. You know, just, just talk to him. Tell him you want to know him. Tell him you, you want to receive him. Tell him you want to follow him. Um, put your faith in him. And you'll be off and running and you'll be, you'll be a sheep. You'll be a sheep. Uh, one of those that Jesus said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Yeah. The other thing, Dan, then is that when you're talking about here, maybe new believers, people that are just coming to faith and understanding and want this in their life, then you have the other side, the pendulum swings the other way. As C.S. Lewis said, there are two kinds of people. Those who say, God, thy will be done, and they're committed to it. And those who say, all right, have it your way. And they kind of give up. They really don't want to follow, but it's almost like they're forced to follow because their side or their, you know, the way they want to do things is almost like defeated. And there's two different distinctions between that because one is voluntarily offering themselves up to do whatever God wants, and the others are begrudgingly going along. Yes, son, you know, it it really, and this is what you're pointing out, it really does have to come from the heart. Um, You know, Christianity cannot be forced on someone. It doesn't work. It, it backfires. You know, uh, people who've tried that, let's say maybe a parent has tried that or a, or a, a, a religious school teacher or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, uh, you, you cannot force this upon someone. And Jesus never tried to. You know, that's what's so interesting about his ministry. I mean, there, there's not one example in the New Testament of Jesus ever trying to force his message on anyone. You know, he went out and, and he called disciples. He said, come follow me. And you know what? As, as God moved in their hearts, you know, they they uh, they picked up their nets, as it were, you know, many of these fishermen and they and they followed the Lord um, or, uh, you know, you know, uh, Matthew, you know, the the, the tax collector. Um, I mean, whatever their station in life, you know, they were called to follow Jesus. But but God will never force himself on you. Um, and, and, and if you insist on on having your will take precedence over God's plan for your life, he'll let you do it. And you know why, my friend? Because he did not create you as a puppet or as a robot. He gave you free will. Um, and, and I'm really glad in that sense that God did. I mean, for the same reason that, you know, my wife and I, we have uh, four uh, children. Now our oldest just turned 30, but we have two daughters and two sons, and the other three are all, are all in their 20s. But, uh, you know, there would not have been much joy over the last 30 years if rather than children, we had gone out and purchased uh, four robots or four puppets, and we could have called them our children. You know, these are our, our child puppets or whatever, you know, our child robots. And we could have programmed those robots, you know, to, to, to do certain things. But there wouldn't have been joy in that. There wouldn't have been a closeness. There wouldn't have been a warmth. Um, and, and, and so 
we've been created in the image of God as three in one, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons in one God. Um, and we've been created to long for relationships, but also uh, to want relationships where people want to be with us, not where they're forced to be with us. Nobody nobody really gets anything out of that. I suppose maybe some some people do, but I, you know, most people don't. Uh, you know, that's not the way God made us. And God won't force himself upon you. Uh, and, and so if you say to God, you know, thy will be done, if that were to become the direction of your life, then the first thing you'll come to see is that it is God's will that you accept uh, his son, Jesus, as your savior. Uh, and then you'll begin to follow him as your Lord. You know, it, it's a package deal. You, you can't like accept Jesus as savior, but I don't want him as my Lord, or I'll take him as my Lord, but I don't need a savior. No, no. Uh, he comes as Lord and savior to those who receive him. Uh, so uh, there, there's a, a willingness then that God creates in the heart uh, of the one then who becomes his child. And maybe God's working on your, your heart today. Maybe you're resisting it. You know, we, we do that sometimes as humans, don't we? We, we, we resist relationships uh, that we don't, you know, feel like we're ready for. We don't want. Well, this is one relationship uh, that you would be very, very wise to, to step into uh, because um, you're not going to be disappointed disappointed if you go with God, but you will be tragically, horribly uh, just shocked and terrified uh, if you don't. I mean, that, that's the message of the Bible. I mean, you might say, well, that that, that, that sounds kind of heavy, you know? Well, I mean, it is what Jesus said it is. You know, in fact, Jesus even at one point, he said, you know, don't be afraid of those who can only kill the body. Instead, he said, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And I mean, that that's part of the result of sin. You know, hell was not prepared for man, but for the devil and his angels. But the reason people go to hell is because they have followed in the ways of Satan by, by rejecting God. And, 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 and if that message is hard for you, then, um, you know, again, I would just encourage you to pray about it and ask God to help you see that he wants you in heaven. That's why Christ died for you. He wants you to come to heaven. But, but, but the alternative uh, the the alternative, though, is to end up paying for your own sin, um, which is the only other option. You can either accept Christ's payment for your sin, or you can end up uh, paying for your own sin. And that that's why both hell and heaven are, are real places. Um, I mean, I would have no clue. Christians would have no clue about any of this unless God had told it to us in his word. And right now, I know it, it might to you seem like almost uh, you know, like a fairy tale, but I assure you, my friend, it's not a fairy tale. There are so many people today in both heaven and hell. Uh, Jesus made that very, very clear. And God wants you to come to heaven. He wants you to enjoy a relationship with the Lord here on earth. And when I say enjoy, what I mean is um, not that it's always going to be pleasant. Uh, I mean, there are difficult things in living the Christian life, but there's a, a joy. It's like, it's like the Apostle Paul said, in all of our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. So that's that's really kind of weird in a way, isn't it? I mean, how can you have joy when you're having troubles? Well, it's not weird once you step into the Christian life. It's almost like in the, well, it is like in the movie, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And if you read the book, saw the movie, you know when the kids went through that that wardrobe, that, that, uh, coat closet, as it were, um, back into, um, 
that land behind, uh, they, 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 they went into Narnia. And, and something very similar happens when you become a Christian. You enter a new realm, a new spiritual realm, and you start to see things you never saw before. And not, not with your, you know, uh, earthly eyes, your physical eyes, but, but you start to see spiritual truth that you never knew existed, but you've got to get into Narnia. You've got to get into Christianity. You've got to get into Christ. How? By receiving him. Um, and then all of a sudden you're going to start to um, understand a lot of what we're saying here. But until you do receive Christ as savior and until the Holy spirit comes to live within your heart, um, this is going to just uh, go over your head. Uh, so that's why it's so important when you hear a message like this, um, that you do business with God and you repent of your sin, uh, and you trust Christ and say, well, I don't understand it all. Well, okay. Um, but just know this, God is having you listen to this right now. There's no doubt about that because, because it's very clear in the word of God, he's having you, if you're not a believer, especially he's having you hear this so that you will repent and believe the good news. There's no doubt in my mind about that because it's in God's word. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or what your faith has been up till now, or you've been an atheist or you've been a Buddhist or you've been whatever, you've been a Catholic or you've been a Baptist. I mean, the, the, the key is, okay, um, do you know Christ? Do you know Christ? And not everybody in, in uh, who, who attends a church knows Christ. I mean, many do. Obviously, many Baptists, many Presbyterians, many, you know, Lutherans, you know, uh, and, and so forth. But um, do you know Christ? Are you trusting him? And, and the gospel, the good news about Jesus is believable. And I hope today, my friend, you'll, you'll believe it because uh, you will never regret it once you do. You know, Dan, we're talking about the the good news about Jesus as being believable, and it comes down, you know, oftentimes to the heart as well, because the heart can be deceiving, it could be dis, uh, misguided, it could be fully opening. You know, Jesus talks about standing at the door and he's knocking, and all we have to do is to invite him in and let him in. And it got me thinking about you have these apologists out there, you know, like Frank Turek, maybe uh, Jay Warner Wallace, and some of these people, and they hold these. I don't know if they're conventions, conferences, speeches, and they'll take questions and answers from people. And members from the audience will get up and ask different types of questions. And a lot of it is really kind of academia type of questions. You know, it's not really like a gospel message per se, like maybe what we would talk about. Um, and so they ask these kind of academic questions and sometimes they'll try to disprove like the, the person asking the question will ask something and try to disprove God or if God truly exists or if God matters or if God this, then why this or, you know, whatever the question might be. And so then these guys, you know, they try to answer it, answer it and it gets into an academic, you know, theological kind of conversation. And so as these things are happening, I'm thinking to myself, well, the person asking the question probably isn't believing. And despite the motives for their question or the motives for their questioning, the sad thing is, is that they're not ready to believe. They're not ready to understand because if you're asking those type of questions, trying to disprove God or trying to, you know, trick the person that's at the speech, you know, into some sort of, uh, you know, merry-go-round of theological questioning, you're not there. Right. Your heart's not ready. And it's almost like sometimes I often like to, would like to see one of these guys sit there and be like, you know what, that's a great question, but you're not ready to hear the answer because you're not going to understand the answer because here's what's more important right now. Instead of me trying to prove God exists to you and you're questioning because of whatever it is, um, let me t- let me share what 
Jesus is about, what God really wants from you. He wants your heart. He wants you to believe in him. He wants you to understand that he sent his son to die on the cross for you and to love you. And he wants you to understand that. And it's almost like sometimes if you threw out an answer like that in one of these speeches or whatever, it might have a big impact on people that are sitting there and being unbelieving and wanting to kind of get that gotcha question. Because To me, if you're not like C.S. Lewis said that we talked about earlier, it's either infinitive, you know, it's an infinitive importance to you, or it's no importance at all. And so if you're trying to ask these in-between questions, it's like, what's what's the point? Because it doesn't really matter to you. You don't care because you're trying to disprove something that you don't believe in anyways. And so instead of addressing those middle ground areas, it's almost like, okay, let's get back to basics. Let's understand, you know, Jesus died on the cross for you. Do you even understand that? Do you realize that he sent his son to die for you? Do you understand that, you know, Jesus loves you, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus is the only way to heaven and approach it that way. And again, I'm not knocking them, but it's just a thought that comes to mind. You know, we play this academic game a lot and this theological game a lot. And it's like, wait a minute, you're talking to people that don't even understand. It's like when I go into a math class, it's like, oh, my goodness, upper upper level math, algebra two. I don't know what you guys are talking about. If you want me to understand this, you better break this down to the basics. And it's almost like in these type of settings when people are coming in and they're talking and asking these questions, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. You don't have the comprehension to even understand an answer if I was to give you an answer because you're not ready for that because you don't even believe. Well, you know, you know, son, uh, that's such a good point. And it reminds me of what what we saw a few years back with a, a group of guys who were known as the new uh, the new atheists and um, very much like the Pharisees in Jesus's day, uh, their questions were not sincere. Fear, uh, in, in terms of being seekers and being open to um, to knowing the truth, they felt that they knew, already know it and knew it at that point. For example, you know, Richard Dawkins wrote The God Delusion uh, back in 2006. And, and all Satan needs is, is a brilliant unbeliever who wants to spread um, false ideas about God, and, and he'll use that person. Sometimes it's a cult leader. You know, uh, like uh, Joseph Smith uh, in the Mormon organization or David Koresh. But other times it, it's uh, a scientist or like a biologist, like like uh, like like Richard Dawkins. You know, Christopher Hitchens was one of those guys. And now he, he has passed away. But um, Christopher Hitchens uh, wrote the book, God is Not Great. So, so these guys had a real axe to grind. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because I know with like Christopher Hitchens, for example, um, there were Christians who really sought to go out of their way and, and have, you know, meaningful discussions with him and, and, and friendships with him. And, and I was impressed by what, what seemed to be kind of behind the scenes. Sometimes maybe he would, uh, I had the sense, have some good relationships. I know that, um, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Collins, uh, Francis Collins was someone who, who developed a, uh, a, a close friendship with, uh, he called him Hitch. Uh, and, uh, even though they were on uh, polar opposite ends of, of the, uh, of the belief uh, spectrum, um, you know, Francis uh, Collins being a believer in Jesus and Christopher Hitchens not, uh, you know, being a believer, um, either an atheist or an agnostic, but I guess he'd call himself an atheist, but, um, yeah, I suppose he, 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 he was convinced. 
you know, God did not exist. Uh, and then, of course, he had, you know, that terrible cancer that he had that took his life. But but he was very um, entertaining to listen to. Uh, but but he he made it his mission to um, to really try to uh, put down uh, Christianity, especially, you know, not just religion, but but Christianity. And and it's very sad when, when you see people who who take that on as their as their uh, as their goal. Um, I, I mean, very sad for them. Uh, what that's going to mean for them when they stand before their creator uh, after they die and on judgment day. But, but, but tragic for those who listen and who follow. And, you know, there've been a lot of people, a lot of young people who've been led astray by uh, just the words of Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins and, and Sam Harris and others, um, these, these new atheists. But, but, you know, son, I think part of it is, I mean, (laughs) excuse me, man, in, in, in his sinful nature, um, he, he doesn't not only doesn't believe in God, doesn't want to believe in God, because because in our sinful nature, we don't want to have to submit to a higher power. We don't want to have to uh, put our agenda below uh, some creator's agenda. We don't want, uh, you know, some king of kings, some messiah to come and sit on the throne of our heart when we're already there and we think do it just fine. I mean, why, why would I want God to come in and mess things up. Um, and, and, you know, there, there've even been some honest, you know, really super honest atheists on, I forget the one guy's name who said, you know, he said, I don't want God. I don't want there to be a God because if there were, if there was a God, then I, I, you know, my, my morality, my sexuality, my everything, I would have to submit that then to God's plan. And I don't want that. So I don't want there to be a God. You know, but but that's the that's how far man, how far we have fallen from God. That, that we would 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 choose immorality because we feel we can't live without it. We would choose immorality over our Creator. That's how twisted uh, sin has has caused our thinking to be. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit drawing us, showing us that we're a mess. Uh, we're sinners, but there is a savior. If it wasn't the Holy Spirit showing us that, we would all be, be far gone. But, but when you were talking about some of those people and, 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 you know, some of the questions that they ask, not really sincere, uh, in, in the sense of being open to getting an answer, but, but convinced, they're 100% convinced, they would say, or, or close to it, I suppose, that, that, that they know that there is no God or that Jesus isn't the Messiah or that Jesus isn't the only way to heaven or, or, you know, some of these things. So, so we need to be patient. We need to be compassionate. Passionate. We need to be bold and loving, and and we need to pray for people. Um, but you know, I, I will say this though, son. I mean, the people that Jesus had, um, you know, the most trouble with were the Pharisees. I mean, Jesus, you know, hung out with the the tax collectors and the prostitutes and, and the people who knew they were lost because he wanted to save them. And, and the Bible says that the Son of Man came uh, to seek and save that which was lost. Um, and, and he did not come for the righteous, but for sinners. Uh, in, in other words, not not for those who think that they're righteous, not those who are self-righteous. And the, and the Pharisees, of course, they, they, they hated Jesus because they were so righteous in their eyes. They, they, they certainly didn't need this Jewish carpenter, um, you know, from Nazareth coming along claiming to be the Messiah. Yeah, right, they thought. But they're going to stand before him, son, um, on Judgment Day, and um, it's not going to be it's not going to be good for them. Um, and all we can do, we can't help them now. 
Um, we can't help that that man in Luke 16, that rich man who who went to hell in unbelief, and and it talked about him being in torment and in agony in the fire, and and uh, Lazarus being in heaven, and and uh, you know uh, the the rich man, you know, just wanting a drop of water to cool his tongue. Uh, I mean, we we can't help him today, but the people we can help. Uh, are those that we can pray for and reach out to with the gospel today because the clock is ticking for everyone. And, um, you know, uh, each one of us is going to take our final breath at some point. And the only way to be ready for that is, is, is to have Jesus with you and in you by faith. And he won't, he won't let you go, but he is, he does call you today to repent and believe. That was Jesus's first sermon. In fact, in Mark one fifteen, repent and believe the good news. Why did Jesus say it? Because the good news about Jesus is believable. You know, we've talked about it many times, but when you sit there and you think about how unbelievable people have in believing the believable, if that makes sense, it's, it's, it's kind of perplexing because you've got this gift out there you've got this way of life and if you think about it really let's put it this way okay we've got a lot of problems going on in the world today and there's a lot of people that are trying to have solutions you mentioned elections earlier everybody's out there they're promoting why they should be elected they've got all the answers to all our problems of inflation of the economy of gas prices you know you name it somebody's got a reason or a solution for that a reason why you should vote for them then on the flip side, they're pointing out the negatives and everybody else. You shouldn't vote for them because of X, Y, Z, and so on. And so then you make a, a choice accordingly, and then you hope it works, right? Well, here's something that is so concrete that if you just try it, I mean, it's hard for those that don't believe and have never experienced God. It's almost like, you know, the question, is it better to have lost that love than never have loved at all? Well, how do we know? Um but if you have never tried God and you've never experienced the love of Jesus and you've never experienced the the day-to-day miracles that we get from following him and the little things that, you know, kind of like the coincidences that aren't coincidences, but the coincidences that happen because we're praying and we need an answer. We have a, a problem that needs a, a solving. And yet now God paves the way for a, a solution to come along. Um, you know, it's it's hard to explain to the unbeliever just how these things work and how it pans out. Sure, life's not going to be easy in a bed of roses, but it's so much easier when you have God on your side and you're believing and you're following these principles, these biblical principles, because then you don't have to decide what's good or bad for you because it's already there. If you don't want to have to deal with consequences of certain things, whether it is a political ideology or whether it's a, a, a lifestyle or behavior that you follow. The Bible tells you specifically not to do these things, or if you do, this is the bad stuff that will happen to you. And then more importantly, as you think to eternity, you know, we like to look here on the earth and be like, oh, this is all we have is just this here on earth. And when we die, we're done. What's going to happen? And when you ask people what's going to happen afterwards, they don't have an answer for it. But yet God has an answer for all eternity. And so when people sit there and they don't believe or they just reject, maybe they don't even, maybe they choose not to accept God and maybe they reject that decision. 
But there's people out there that just don't believe at all that anything could happen. Oh, Jesus was just a dude that was here. Um, God's just a mythical thing that's out there, much like you know anything else that might be mythical out there, sci-fi type of thing. And so when you've got these people that just want to completely deny and not even look at the possibility that this could be true, because we've talked about it before, you've got people like Nabil Koresh or uh, Lee Strobel, they seek to disprove God's existence and God to be true. And in the end, they end up believing and proving that God is actually true and their lives are much better for that. So it's, it's unbelievable to think that people out there just don't want to give any credence whatsoever to that which is believable. Yeah, you know, it, it really, son, I think just confirms what the Bible says, that the man without the Spirit, uh, referring to the Holy Spirit, does not accept the things that come from the, the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So... You know, if we think back, Son, to how the Bible describes the way this all played out 2,000 years ago, you know, Jesus called his disciples, and they followed him, and there was a lot of stuff that that they weren't understanding. Uh, But then after Jesus' death and resurrection— when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, not only did it empower them, people like Peter, who had denied the Lord three times, all of a sudden now he was empowered to be a bold witness for Christ, but they also understood things that they could not understand without the Holy Spirit. And so what I would say, Son, to anyone listening to this podcast is that if you want to understand Scripture, if you want to understand truth, if you want to understand who Jesus is, and, and, and what God's plan is for you in this world and beyond, you're going to have to receive this information from the Holy Spirit. He's the one who inspired the Bible to be written. All Scripture is God-breathed. The Holy Spirit inspired the authors of the Bible. Um, it's a message from heaven. It's a message from God. But so also is just the basic gospel message that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, if you are not yet a believer, then the Holy Spirit is not yet living within you. But I hope that that message um, is one that interests you and that is starting to speak to you and you're starting to be drawn to believe it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But I must warn you, you have the ability to resist the Holy Spirit. Um, that, that's why in the Bible we see Bible passages like today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Um, so if you will receive the gospel with the faith of a child, and by the way, um, if this message had been given to you as a child, and I, I don't know if it was or wasn't, but if it had been and then that had been nurtured, um, it, it's more likely in, in that situation that you would grow up and believing it and understanding it from an early age. Um, because it's easier for a child to get it than for an older person, because the older we get, um, the more we, we, we tend to kind of just, um, drift away from that uh, ability to have a childlike faith. Okay. So I guess what I'm asking you to do, my friend is, is think like a child for a moment. Um, in, in terms of, 
rather than challenging God's word, you know, we gave these extreme examples of like Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins and, 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 you know, people that Son mentioned who will, you know, they, they just, they're more cynics and, and they're critics. Okay. Um, you're not going to receive anything from the Holy Spirit by being a cynic or a critic. Now, I'm not saying it never happens. You know, the, the, the apostle Paul had been a uh, Saul, when he was persecuting Christians, and he's one of those, uh, you know, I guess um, maybe not so typical conversion experiences, let's say, where, um, I mean, the Lord met with him on that Damascus road. He had a dramatic experience, and he wasn't seeking God at all, but God uh, had his eye on Saul, and of course, you know, very unique situation. I mean, um, there's only been one Apostle Paul who wrote much of the New Testament, so uh, that's a case where uh, you know, he wasn't open. I wouldn't say, but God he met with him in such a dramatic way that that you know He just brought him in. Um, so I guess what I'm inviting you to do, uh, friend, is talk to God with an open mind. Now, if you're not open to God, if you're already convinced there is no God, or you're convinced that Christianity isn't true, then uh, I don't know right now if there's going to be a lot that's going to help you. Uh, to be honest about it, um, you know the Bible says, "Come near to God, and He will come near to you." Um, so there's going to have to be some measure of humility. Uh, and this is where, you know, many people find that life experiences uh, sometimes open up a person's heart. You know, many times when a young person maybe who has drifted away from the Lord, let's say maybe they grew up in a church, uh, um, or maybe they've never heard the message, but but they have young children. They, they become a parent. They have young children. Uh, that's a time when many people's hearts tend to be a little softer toward maybe the things of God. Not everybody, but sometimes. Uh, another thing that happens with a lot of people is when they go through a very difficult illness. Um, they, they they find you know themselves reaching out to God or opening up to God in a way that they hadn't before. I guess what I'm saying is, um, why not do that right now, whatever your circumstances are? Why not, you know, reach out to God as though he's real and say, Lord, you know, I'm open. I mean, I hope you're open. Now, if you're not open, um, then, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't really know what to tell you um, other than God loves you. God can change your heart. He can change your closed mind, uh, you know, um, but you know, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be necessary for, for something to give here. Something's going to have to give. And I hope it does before um, you, you, you come to the end of your life on earth. But uh, I'll just say, I appreciate you listening to this. Even if you're super closed to the message, San and I appreciate you listening. Um, we pray that, you know, uh, the message will get through to you somehow through someone at some point. Um, we can honestly tell you that God loves you, you know, right where you're at, even maybe in your hardness of heart, God loves you. Christ died for you. Um, and we can encourage you to talk to God and say, Lord, show me if you're real. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, put your faith in Christ. But beyond that, um, you know, we kind of leave you with God then. We, we kind of, you know, we, we've kind of done our duty, uh, which is to share the message with anybody we can, um, because we're not going to be there, friend, when you stand before God on Judgment Day. It'll just be you and you and the Lord, it, you know. And, and, and for some people, the Lord's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Remember, we talked about Jesus said, I, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So, so for unbelievers, Jesus said, I, depart from me. I never knew you. And there's only one option on, on that route there. And, uh, and, and then the other option is, you know, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
you know, for those who've trusted Christ as Savior. And then once you trust Christ, you begin to follow him. One very short story, I just was actually uh, texting um, someone uh, in our church who's actually uh, uh, at a state now down in the Southwest uh, and uh, with, a, with kind of a, a business uh, venture right now. Anyway, uh, his name is Mike. But Mike, is, I've asked Mike to share his testimony in the past at, uh, uh, at, at, uh, at our church because when Mike was a teenager, you know, so we're talking, you know, like, uh, you know, like 40, probably 40 some years ago when Mike was a teenager, he was not a believer in Jesus, but God gave him a dream. And he had a dream that he was standing before the Lord on judgment day in his line of people, just walking up to, to, you know, stand before Jesus. And, and he was watching this go on. And, and, uh, you know, one, one, one person would say, uh, or Jesus would say to one person, depart from me. I never knew you. And he'd send him over to this side. And then somebody else, he'd say, uh, you know, well done, a good and faithful servant. And so it was going on like this and people would go either one way or the other. And, uh, and then, uh, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, was standing before the Lord and the Lord said to him, uh, depart from me. I never knew you. And, and Mike said, you know, he, he tried to kind of like, you know, talk his way, you know, into heaven basically. And, you know, I, I forget what he said his reasons were, but, uh, it didn't, it didn't work. And the Lord said, no, you know, depart from me. I never knew you. And so Mike started to walk around this corner. Um, and right before he got around there, he woke up. But it really shook him up, and that next Sunday, uh, he attended church, and he actually came forward at the end of the service and professed faith in Christ uh, as his Savior. He accepted the Lord. So all I'm saying is, um, you know, God uses different things to wake a person up. Um, You know, there are uh, quite a few uh, Muslims who have had a dream. Uh, Jesus has met with them in a dream. And, um, and, 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 and they have been converted by having a dream, uh, with, with Jesus right there in their dream. And this testimony, this is, this has happened to many, many Muslim people, um, you know, so I don't, I don't understand why, why all in that religion aren't having that dream, but I'm thankful that some are, um, God may not give you a dream, but I'll tell you what he might give you, my friend. He might give you a podcast that you listen to like this, uh, where a couple Christians tell you what we're saying today, that God loves you, but then it's up to you. Um, you know, you can accept it or you can reject it. And, um, we're not going to think any less of you, not that you probably care what, what we think of you, but, um, we're not gonna think any less of you or any more of you. But one thing we are going to know, we're going to know that you're either blessed or you're still under the curse of, of sin. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, sin has put a curse upon man. And that curse, if you go to your grave without getting that curse lifted, um, in other words, if your sin isn't forgiven, if it's not washed away by the blood of Jesus, then, um, you know, then, then you end up being sent to hell. Okay. So God doesn't want that. We don't want that for you. And, and if right now you're saying, oh, that's just a bunch of hogwash. I don't believe any of it. Okay. All we can do is pray for you because I'm telling you that, um, sooner or later, either you're going to come to faith in Christ and realize, man, I, I got in by, you know, the skin of my teeth or you're going to wait until you die. 
and, and then you're going to, then you're going to remember this. And it's going to be a long, long, long time. You're going to remember this. Um, so this stuff is real. Heaven and hell are real. They're real places. They exist eternally. Um, and Jesus said, enter through the, the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So, um, you're listening to this podcast today. I believe God's allowed that, not because we're some special, you know, Christian messengers, but we're, we're just two. Um, there are millions of us out there. You know, we're, we're, we're nothing special. Uh, but, but in a sense, we are. And you can be, too. I mean, we're, we're special to the Lord, okay? Um, you, you, you'll, you'll become, the Bible even says, uh, you, you'll become part of a royal priesthood. Um, you know, uh, a royal priesthood. Uh, you'll be one of God's chosen people. If you, if you'll believe, you know, will you believe, will you believe, or, um, do you not feel worthy, you know, or, or do you not want that? Now, now when I say, do you not feel worthy? None of us are worthy. None of us are worthy of it. Uh, you know, son and I aren't Christians because we thought we were worthy or we still don't think we're worthy. We know we're not worthy, but Jesus is worthy and his blood is what pays for our sin. So today you could just say, if you wanted to wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood, and I would invite you, I'd even gently challenge you if you're open. If you want to pray the prayer that's like the nuclear option in the spiritual realm, if you really mean it, if you really want to just go for it with God and you really believe that he died for your sins on the cross, and I, I'd encourage you, just, those words aren't magic. God doesn't deal in magic, but he does respond to faith. And if you put your faith in the cross and the blood, and I, so I'm just giving you an, an example of what you could say to Jesus. You know, I said earlier, you know, there'd be a prayer. Uh, well, I'll make it very simple. Seven words. Wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. And I'll tell you, my friend, if you'll pray that now, if you'll pray that before you go to sleep tonight, maybe pray it again tomorrow, um, your, the scales are going to come off your eyes. Um, you're, you're going to see things. You're going to see the gospel. You're going to understand. Wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. Get rid of all your religious, uh, you know, don't, don't trust in, in your religion. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Find a, a good Bible believing Christ at our church. Definitely. But, but, um, I mean, it's gonna be very important that you grow in your faith. Um, uh, but, um, don't rely on, you know, religious rituals. Don't rely on your works. Put your faith in the cross. So, man, the the good news about Jesus is believable, and I'm just so grateful, son, that that you know you, you you've got this podcast that that you uh, that you uh, put out there for anybody to hear. And 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 my friend, if you're listening as you're listening to this right now, um, why not tell a friend? Why not uh, turn somebody onto this? Why not send them a link for this message right here? Um, and then maybe they'll do the same. Maybe ask them, say, hey, I want to send you this, um, and, and, and if you like it and think it could help somebody, if you send it to somebody else. I mean, who knows? You know, friend, we might stand in heaven one day, and, and maybe uh, the Lord or, or an angel or somebody in heaven, I mean, maybe God will somehow get us a message. Hey, you know, I want, I want to include you in on something. See this person right here? Yeah. Um, you know, when this person came to faith in me, it was through that podcast that, that, you know, you, you and son were doing there in uh, mid October in 2022, whatever. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I mean, imagine that, imagine that, you know? So, um, I don't take it lightly because you know, when people, you know, the last thing I'll say is this, when, when people say, no, I'll pass on it. Here's what's going to happen. I, I, I tell you right now, your heart will get a little bit harder toward it. So if there's even a slight bit of openness right now toward this, I cannot encourage you enough. Jump on that now, 
because by later tonight, by tomorrow, it's going to be gone. Most likely, hopefully not, but many times I'm just saying that's what happens to many, many people. If they put it off, they find that window closing, closing, closing. So will you trust Christ today? Wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood, the nuclear option in the spiritual realm. I mean, that's it right there. So, I'm, you know, it's there. And, and that's what Son and I wanted you to know, you know, uh, because God loves you, and, and, um, and we want you to know his love. So anyway, Son, I better, I better stop, or this, this preacher, uh, you know, he'll be going all day. Well, Dan, like always, we appreciate uh, your time coming on, talking about the good news about Jesus is believable for everybody. And as you mentioned, all you need to do is reach out and talk to Jesus, talk to God, and let him know what's on your heart. And if you believe, continue fighting the good fight. If you're an unbeliever right now and Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart, just open up and let him come in and he will be with you. And, uh, Dan, we just appreciate your time and we look forward to many more conversations ahead. Oh, thank you, son. Uh, I, I feel exactly the same way. Thank you so much for this partnership with you. And, and uh, you know, if, if any of the listeners, you know, if you want to reach out to son or myself, uh, feel free to do that. We'd, we'd love to correspond, uh, you know, dialogue with you, answer any questions. Uh, we don't have all the answers for sure, but we might have an answer to that maybe you're looking for and that could help you. So please, please let us know if we can help. Yeah. And you can reach out. Just send us an email at sanctified reason podcast at gmail.com sanctified reason a podcast at gmail.com and we'll get the email and we'll be able to answer it and uh and get back to you on that and you can also check out our website radiowarp.com that's radio w-a-r-p radiowarp.com just click on the sanctified reason the logo and all of our shows pop up so you can go back and listen to some previous shows we've talked about all kinds of issues and like i said this is sanctified reason sitting at the crossroads of faith and pop culture where we talk about the traditions and norms of modern society that is driven by the powerful influences of celebrities, music, movies, and especially social media. So again, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.